Hello and welcome to another episode of Retrospection and today we're putting on our spooktacles and taking a look at Randall and Hopkirk deceased from 1969. Hello, my name's Colin. Why don't you stay dead like anybody else? Well, that's charming, that is. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, my name's Paul and forgive me for receiving you in bed. I'm feeling rather frail this morning. You've said that before. After a night on the tiles. TMDB says Randall and Hopkirk Deceased is a British private detective television series. In the initial episode, Hopkirk is murdered during an investigation but returns as a ghost. Randall is the only main character able to see or hear him, although certain minor characters are also able to do so in various circumstances throughout the series. That's pretty accurate. Yeah. yeah. For me, IMDB insists on calling this show My Pet of the Ghost. That was the American title. Lousy title. It is, it is. It's up there with, uh, what was that one that we talked about a while ago? My Granny the Car, or whatever it was. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. My, is it Granny? Is it My Mother-in-Law the Car or something? Something like that, wasn't it? Yeah. Which, which, which apparently um, is quite a well-known show after we talked about it, looking, looking back on it. Oh, not to us. Well, we're t- we've got taste in in the UK. <laughs> I can't even say that with a straight face. All right. <laughs> this series stars Kenneth Cope as Marty Hopkirk, Mike Pratt as Jeff Randall, and Annette Andre as Jeannie Hopkirk. The first episode, called My Late Lamented Friend and Partner, guest stars Ronald Lacey. It does indeed. And shall we say a little shout out to uh, Chelsea? Hello. <laughs> Hello, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it works like that. You're just supposed to just say a shout-out and then move on. A shout-out. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and Dolores Mantez, who was Nina Barry in UFO. She was, yes. Yeah, and Anne Sharp, who has been in The Champions and The Crawling Guy. The show was created by Dennis Spooner, who also created The Champions and was an ITC production. ITC created shows like Danger Man, the Baron, The Prisoner, Department S and the spin-off, Jason King, and many more, including most of Jerry Anderson's productions. And probably shows that we'll cover at some point, I would imagine. Yes, I would think so. Mm-hmm. ITC was a British company run by Lou Grade, but had American connections. And I kind of think those shows were made always with a thought to an international market, unlike a lot of other British shows at the time. Yeah, they feel transatlantic, don't they? They don't feel British. Yeah, yeah. You you yeah. look at the stuff that the BBC was making. This is this is miles ahead of it in terms of production value, at least. Yeah, yeah. It's not Zed cars. It's not. No. <laughs> Music by Monty Berman, who did a lot of the ITC shows, all bangers. All right. And this was this was directed by Cyril Frankel, as another ITC regular. Series was remade in 2000 with British comedians Bob Mortimer and Vic Reeves and Amelia Fox taking the role of Jeannie. How, how do you feel about the remake? Well, they can't act. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a given. But, but generally speaking, how did you feel about the remake? I, I didn't mind it. It was all right. I mean, it had some good guest stars in it. I think um, Rhys Shearsmith. Tom Baker was yeah, in Tom it. Baker, Rhys Shearsmith. Yeah. yeah. It's just a shame it's them. But you don't like Bob Martin? I do, but I don't like them in um, scripted drama. I think they're better in, in, in the anarchic comedy kind of stuff that, they, that they, they're more well-known for. Um, Fair enough. And I don't think the show was as good as the original anyway. 
No, I haven't actually rewatched that one since it came out in 2000. I think I do have it on DVD somewhere. Yeah, I think um, I think I've got it somewhere as well. But the original, I have on spanking beautiful Blu-ray. Oh well, I watched it on ITVX. <laughs> Fair enough, <laughs> it works. Do you have anything else? Yeah, did you, want to did add? you uh, read that Dave Allen was considered for the role of Randall? Apparently, that would have been interesting. No, it would have been. I didn't know Dave Allen was doing other things besides his comedy. Well, the, would have been interesting. There's two versions as to why he, he didn't end up doing it. One is that he turned it down. And the other is that he was ruled out after he went to work for the BBC. Oh, all right, yeah. But it would have been interesting, I think. It would have been, yeah. Uh, show wasn't a hit first time out. It was uh, shunted. It wasn't. It, no, it was shunted around time slots on various ITV regions, and it just couldn't get a foothold apparently. Oh, until it was brought back from the dead. Very good. Very good. Yeah, you're on. You're on form, aren't you? Yeah. 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 Um. Marty's suits in it were originally going to be green. That would have been weird. Yeah, that would also... Wouldn't it have played havoc with when they do, like, the superimposed yeah. shots? I mean, were they using green screen? I would imagine there? so. It's probably some, some form of... Um, what was it called? Um, chroma key or something like that? Chroma yeah. key, yeah. So I would imagine that that's probably why they nixed it, really. Also, it looked weird. White, white's obviously better for what he's supposed A to ghost. be. A ghost, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike Pratt and Kenneth Cope were, they would apparently argue over the quality of the scripts. And they stayed firm on this until the end of the series, apparently. So they argued between each other, one saying the good, one saying the bad, or both saying the both bad? Both saying the bad is the way the that writers. I read that, yeah. Uh, all right. And I, I, can, I, I can understand it. Well, my, my worry is that it's going to be pretty much the same thing every week. That was going to be one of my questions to you, because I assume that you've seen more of this. Uh, well, this is where we, we fess up time, is that I don't think I've watched every episode on my Blu-ray. Ah, so okay, I... but you've probably watched more than me. I mean, I, I, I remember seeing this as a yeah. kid years ago when it, on, a, on a, one of the many reruns that mm -hmm. they probably had. But I, I couldn't tell you anything about it, so I don't know what happens. Right, right. I, I, yeah, I, let me get back to you when I've watched them all. Okay, so that's never... <laughs> no, 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 I might be watching them now, you know, got a taste right, for it. Okay. And and the last thing I wanted to say, and this is probably one of the... the, the, the ever. ever? No, no, not ever. Maybe I'll, I'll say some more after this. Oh, okay. It was just the fact that, that made me chuckle, and you'll see why. Kenneth Cope apparently wore his wig back to front in the first few episodes, and he didn't realise. Nobody told him. Like the camera people didn't realize. <laughs> I don't know. I kind of wonder whether maybe they did and they just left it. I mean, it looks all right. Well, there were a couple of scenes. I was like, "Is he wearing a wig?" <laughs> I didn't even know he, he wore a wig. Did you? No, no. But I, I did <laughs> think, "Oh, that looks like a wig." I wonder why. Why they did his hair like well, that? I mean, it looks like kind of a, a mop top Beatles kind of hairstyle, doesn't it? Yeah, which was the rage at the time, yeah. But if it was the wrong way around, then it would have been longer at the back and shorter at the front, whereas this is longer at the front and shorter at the back. Maybe, maybe ghosts were the wigs the wrong way around. <laughs> maybe that's, that's the thing of the supernatural. I'll let you know, because I'm, I'm going to tell you now, the premise of this show mm. is great, because if I go first, oh boy, you, got, you, you, you don't know what you've got coming. 
I'll be there. Don't you worry. Hundred years, mate. Hundred years. No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> You're going to do an exorcism. Get rid of me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, why you're still alive? Just to make sure. <laughs> to prefer. Is that a pentagram I can see on the wall behind you? <laughs> yes, it is. All ah, right. Yes, with your name in the middle, scrawled in blood, <laughs> from a goat. I was, I'm glad you said a goat. I was going to ask you where did the blood come from. Well, I mean, did they? When you go to hell, did they let you come back as an angel? So maybe, Ooh, you know, because that's where you're headed. Why, why are you assuming that that's where I'm going? Oh, come on. The things you've done, the things you've said. I. The things you've thought I've about. I've lived my life like. You're not going to start singing here. <laughs> it does feel like this is where a song would come in, doesn't it? No, that, yeah, yeah, it does. I, worryingly so. I've lived my life consistently well. Is that, that's going to be on you, Grace. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, Paul Wood, 1974 <laughs> to 2023. I live my life consistently well. <laughs> what more can you say? <laughs> no, it's perfect. Perfect finish. So, yes. All right. So let's get on with the episode. We open on a city street, uh, London Street. Randall is watching somebody from his car. He is. And he goes into a house, but he has to go into a bedroom because the woman in there is too frail to get out of bed and greet him. But not frail enough to stop her putting her makeup on, I noticed. <laughs> she didn't look particularly frail, did she? No, she didn't. And this is the first instance that, that where it really stood out, but there's a lot of overdubbing in this episode, isn't there? I didn't really notice, but maybe it was the version I was watching. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> put it this way, I don't th This voice doesn't... It doesn't sound like it's coming out of her because it's obviously ADR'd later. But she's got an incredibly deep voice. You think it was a guy? <laughs> no, I don't know, but it didn't match the lady. <laughs> Barry, Barry, can you do the voice of this lady? <laughs> okay. Hello, Mr. Hobgirk. <laughs> it just seems a bit strange, and it's not the first time it happens. But all right. Hmm. So Randall shows her pictures of her husband and he's having an affair. And it turns out that she controls the firm that her husband manages. That's right. So she's going to not only cut him out the marriage, but also the company. Yeah. So later, her husband tells her that she can't take the company away from him. You know, they have an mm -hmm. argument because she shows him the pictures. So he's up to something. There's, there's some very strange um, kind of clipped 1930s style acting going on in this scene, particularly from the husband. I mean... Pratt is really natural. He's got he's got a very naturalistic tone to the to, to mm. his performance. But this guy, it's almost like he's in some kind of Noel Coward play. The way that he's carrying himself, yeah, he, it's very yeah, it doesn't it doesn't work. But maybe it's the rage. He's keeping it under control. Oh, is that what you sound like? No, his wife just told him he's just been caught out having an affair. Oh, now she's going to take away the marriage and the company, and he's got a plan to get rid of her. But, you know, he's got to keep that under control. So this guy's called Sorensen, and uh, he calls a number and has to give, like, a cryptic message, and they'll call back. So he's, he's arranging something. We're not quite sure what it is, but we can guess. Yeah, he's calling a... Uh, basically, he's calling a wife disposal service. Yeah, WDS. It is. Yeah, so they call back, and he tells them he wants a usual service. The wife... Meanwhile, calls Randall's office to arrange a meeting with him in the morning at 10 a.m., but he's not there. Hopkirk answers and says that he can make the meeting and he has all the information. Mm -hmm. So, 
You know, it's moving along quite rapidly. Yeah, and we yeah. haven't even had the credits yet. Well, that's true. That's true. Hopkirk is early to the meeting. Now, while she's having a bath, an engineer has rigged up a device like cabling that goes into her house and then into her bathtub that she doesn't see. Yeah, so someone's obviously got up on a ladder, drilled a hole in the window ledge, fed right. this cable yeah, through, yeah. and then somehow managed to get it into the bath. That she's not. You seem to know a lot about how this works. <laughs> oh, I walked into that one, didn't I? <laughs> Very suspicious. Uh, no, I, I'm saying it, it would be virtually impossible to pull off, Colin, is what I'm saying. I haven't looked yeah, into yeah, it. Yeah, I, I no. think so. I mean, you would see the wire, wouldn't you? you? You'd think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, she doesn't. She doesn't, and she gets fried. She does. She does. Yes. I did like the 60s decor of the uh, bathroom. I thought that was very nice. Don't see that anymore. Are you, are you f- no, you don't. No, you don't. You know why? Why? Because the 60s. That'll be it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe you should do yours like that. I, I, we've still got those little um, mat things that go around your toilet bowl. That's a, Oh, that's that a, you're always yeah. always covering. Well, I stand on them. Is, or, is that what you're, that's what you yeah. do, isn't it, Colin? Oh, I thought meant no. I thought meant you water them occasionally. Well, they get wet when I when I get out of the shower. Yeah, so yeah, ah, that's okay. obviously what you're talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So Hopkirk hears a scream, kicks in the door, and finds her body. And the the electrician drives away. Yeah, and then they 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 doctor comes, and would they really take the body out of the bath and just lay it on the bed and cover it over with a sheet? Surely it's a crime scene. You would think so. Yeah. Although, I guess he said that it was a heart. She had a heart attack. So they, they can't differentiate the difference. The doctor can't tell the difference between a heart attack and an electrocution. It's the 60s. <laughs> Everything was a heart attack. <laughs> Is that a variation on our usual it's the 80s thing that we normally yeah, say? Yeah. Oh, he's got a hole in his head. Ah, heart attack. You see it all the time. Hopkirk leaves and uh, Sorensen sees him talking to the kids that are outside. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't happen today. There'd be no kids outside playing, so there'd be no witnesses. That's true. That's true. You don't see it anymore. Yeah. Different world. No. Different world. Yeah. Yeah. Randall finally comes back to the office and Hopkirk and him talk about lack of money. And Jeannie calls and it's revealed that Hopkirk, he gets a bit jealous of his wife's friendliness with Randall. Yeah, I can, I can right? see that. Coming into play in future episodes. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it does, does in this as well later on, right? Yeah. Yeah. you got to say that from the first scene together, though, that, that um, Cope and Pratt, they've got really good chemistry, haven't they? Yes. Mm-hmm. I think this, it, to be honest, so far, this would this is what saves this show. Yeah. Yeah, I'd so agree. So far. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the plot, the story of this, this first episode, there's not much to it, is there? Really? No. You know, it's all about setting no. it up, really. I, d- I do yeah. like Randall's attitude to everything, though. He's got that can't be asked attitude. It reminds me of you a bit, actually. You, you, you've got that, haven't you? No, <laughs> I'm a can-do guy. I don't. I don't mean I can't be asked. To, to you just said that. That's what. That's the yeah, very but, words no, you, you said. I, he has I a can't be I, asked attitude I, like you. I don't mean that's it. The very words you said. I don't mean it the way that you took it, Colin. What I mean is like, you know what I mean. No, no, I'm offended. <laughs> I think I might end the podcast right now. That I mean, 
I can't be asked to continue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll leave it. I'll leave it there. Okay. The, the listeners no, know what I want I'm an explanation about. and I want it now. Look, 120 <laughs> episodes or whatever it is into this podcast. They're, they're well aware. Don't don't re- don't remind me. I get PTSD. Yes. They're well aware of 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 who you are, Colin. The listeners. Mm, yes. All right. So, uh, oh, Hopkirk goes home, right? He does. And on the way, he runs into a beatnik. That's actual. That's the credit <laughs> that um, Ronald Lacey has is, is a beatnik. beatnik. Yeah. With a with a, a oddly drawn on beard, or or stubble. It looks drawn on, doesn't it? Uh, that's what beatniks do. Is it? Remember Shaggy from Scooby Doo? He's a beatnik. That's true, I suppose. Yes. Yeah. And he had a drawn-on beard, although in fairness, he was completely drawn-on. But you know, head to toe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Toe to head. That's right. Whichever way you look at it. He also he also had a talking dog as a companion. So. Well, did he really, or was he just like you know? Oh, this is very deep. <laughs> <laughs> did did Scooby really talk? I was just shaggy, smoking a lot. I, I would doing LSD. Yeah, I think uh, he's probably on a different planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't think Scooby ever talked, and I don't think Scrappy Doo existed. <laughs> it's just a figment of. Uh, that's the movie they should make about Shaggy's, you know, downward spiral into drugs and uh, seeing little dogs that talk. Maybe they'll do that in the second season of uh, Velma. Oh wait. There's not going to be one, is there? <laughs> <laughs> no. No, they could call, could call the film, could be called like uh, Put Em Up or something like that. I like that. that. Put Em Up. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah. Add it to the list of things you're never going to write, Colin. Okay, will do. The big list. In fact, it's that list has got so long, it's almost the script itself, so I can't be asked writing it down because that's me, isn't it? Right, Paul? Can't be asked to do things, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of this episode. Can't be asked. <laughs> <laughs> so then this character just drives towards Hopkirk, hits him, and kills him. And then the beatnik jumps into the car and manages to get the gun off the driver. Yeah, I was at this point. I was like, so, so what's happening here? Yeah, it had to be filmed in a certain way. Because this clearly couldn't really happen. Yeah, I'm not sure how this would work. Yeah, it it didn't work, did it? I I actually had to go back and watch it a couple of times just to, just to make sure that I hadn't nodded off or skipped over something because <laughs> it felt like there should have been something <laughs> yeah. there, you know. Because you almost think like the beatnik knows the driver. Yeah, I was exp- I was waiting for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I did love the very English way that the crowd around uh, Hopkirk react when he's laying on the floor. Well, one guy goes. Is he all right? And the other one goes, nah, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that made me chuckle. Good. <laughs> so then we go to the funeral. We do. Well, it's, a, it's a nice funeral. I was thinking, though, this, blimey, this thing's moving fast, isn't it? This episode. They're just trying to get him killed, aren't they, so they can actually get the show going. I think so, yeah. Well, what do you think of Jeannie? I, I think that as a character, she is... There's not much to it in this episode. Hmm. Um, I, I, I could only hope that maybe she's fleshed out in future episodes. There are episodes where she starts to think that Randall is uh, going nuts. Oh, that's so interesting. tries to help him. That's interesting. Yeah, that, that could yeah. play well. Because she starts to catch him talking to himself and acting strangely. Oh, I like that. Yeah. 
That's interesting. That actually makes me want to watch another episode to see that. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. After the funeral, Randall calls like reception, I guess, in the apartment building mm -hmm. to manage the phones and asks a guy who's called Sid, uh, you know, no more calls placed to my home, you know, grieving. I want everything quiet. Mm -hmm. And so Sid says, yep, no problem. But then the phone rings and it's Marty. Randall's reaction to this is, I can't help but think this is how it would be if, if Ghost Me tried to ring you up. You just wouldn't have it. Well, nowadays, it'd be, on, it'd be on my cell phone. It'd say Paul's ghost, and I'd just got that answer in there. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say, well, I ignore you now when you try and call me. So, you know, it's no difference, is it? That's true. Mm -hmm. Blocked. <laughs> can you block a ghost? I mean, can, yeah, if they're calling you by phone, then nowadays, with modern phone, it has to have something, so you could just block it that way. I suppose, I suppose. So, salt probably works as well. What, assault? You're going to attack the no, ghost? No, salt, Colin, salt. We're going to eat him? No, 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 no. There's like, a thing, what, isn't what? there? You put a big circle of salt. I've seen films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so go on. You put a big circle of salt. Yeah, and as long as you stand inside that circle, I can't touch you. Well, ghosts can't touch you anyway, because he goes through things. Figuratively. Oh, figuratively. Can't... Oh, that's, that's your, that's your defence, isn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Your Honour. My lord, you try to touch figuratively. Figuratively, yes, yes. Uh, and then, but then you have to spend the forever in that circle of salt, or do you carry it with you? you well, you get a big, big container of salt. I'm sure you could make an opening, and then as long as you're sprinkling the salt around you as you move. It's a lot of work, isn't it? Could you, could you do it around the edges of your apartment? Oh, yeah. Join yeah, it yeah, up? I guess so. Yeah. So, so, is it, so it's not the shape? No, it's... it's, it's, it's blocking the way in isn't it i mean you don't go outside anyway colin right. so you, you right, so that's you. not a problem yeah. no problem but, but why salt well i'm sure that if you looked it up there is some supernatural thing to do with salt that keeps spooky things out but i'm not going to look it up mm. that, that, that's actually what it says <laughs> in the original grimoire isn't it cast cast the salt to keep the spooky things out ah no it'll be it'll be cast the salt about to keep the spooky things out. I like it, yes. That's what it says, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. I'll remember that next time I'm, I'm encountering a ghost. Because I've, I've met a few. Yeah. No, you haven't. <clears throat> oh, by the way, Sid. Sid. We should say Sid turns yes. up in a few carry-on movies, doesn't he? The guy playing Sid. Yes. But he's, but he's not the Sid. No, it's not that Sid. It's not our no, Sid. No, it's not him. No. But the character. No. Yeah. The guy playing yeah. the character. No. So, Marty wants Randall to meet him at the cemetery. Now, Randall's, like, freaking out. He calls down to reception, and he's like, no more calls, and the receptionist has no idea what he's talking mm -hmm. about. And when Randall plays a recording back, because he taped the last call, there's only his voice that could be heard. Yeah, Sid actually comes up to his room, doesn't he? And, and he plays it to him. It's very nice of him, isn't it? Well, he's a hands-on kind of doorman or whatever. Yeah, you can't do that anymore. I don't know what it is. Um, no, you, can't, you can't be handsy down when you get in trouble for that. The, the whole scene where he comes up to see him and he plays the the uh, the, the recording back to him, it, it was most distracting because Randall just walks around with his shirt open. Oh, yeah, he does. Really yeah, yeah, that distracts him. Putting me off. I mean, I wouldn't put up with it. I mean, I, I don't even like it when you sit there wearing shorts when we're doing this. Yeah, Don't get your legs out. Oh, God. 
Let's see the whole thing. Oh my on. god, don't do that. Don't um, please. So so Sid Sid asks if Randall has any tranquilizers. And Randall says, Yeah. I mean, I guess in the sixties I mean I guess they mean sleeping pills, but I had this image of Randall coming out of the bathroom with a rifle and one of those tranquilizer darts with feathers on. Dropping his pants and saying to Sid, see if you can get a shot from there. <laughs> and Sid's just going, poof, lining up. That, that, if this was carry on, Randall and Hopkirk, I could imagine that being, being... Oh, why did they not do that? It's a perfect premise for a carry on movie, isn't it? Carry on deceased. There you go. There you go. Yeah. And um, yeah. Kenneth Cope was in, isn't it? Carry on at your convenience. That he's in, plays possibly. I couldn't tell you. The one about the toilet. They make the yeah. toilets, and he's always going on strike. Oh uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that one's one of the Carry On films that didn't do very well. Yeah, because they reckon it was it was because they um, it, it was poking making fun of their exactly. audience. Exactly. Yeah, poking fun <laughs> at people that that were shop stewards and and union people. Yeah. Who yeah. were the people? Yeah, who were the people who were going to Carry yeah. On films? Yeah, you don't piss off your audience. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny that. You don't 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 insult your audience. That's funny that. It's a good job it doesn't happen today, you know. Don't blame your audience for not liking your stuff. So at four AM Randall wakes up like he's sleepwalking. It's a good job he wasn't sleeping in the nude. Well he's wearing P- uh, PJ bottoms and then he puts on a rain mac. It's the flasher's choice. Yeah. It's a lucky going far, isn't it? It's too warm for a Mac at the minute. Yeah. That's true. Yes. Skip, Skip the, the mac. mac. Don't need it. Yeah. No. He drives, apparently tranked up. <laughs> I didn't quite understand what was going on here. Has he possessed him or something? I don't think this happens again mm-hmm. in the series. It's a weird, I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on. It's not, it's not a power because Marty doesn't say he brought him to the cemetery. No, and why does he have to go to the cemetery anyway? Because later he can just flit around wherever he wants to go anyway. So why didn't he just appear to him in no, his apartment? Maybe, maybe he hadn't learned that. Or maybe he can only go to places once he's been met by somebody. All right. There are lots yeah. of re- there are lots of reasons you could come yeah. up with for the, that. The, the, the ghost rules in this are very uh, loose, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Marty appears, reveals that he's a ghost. Randall can't believe it. And but Marty insists that he was murdered and Randall tells him, oh no, it was an accident. A singer called Happy Lee was driving. But Marty knows it was murder. Bells chime. And Marty has to go back to his grave, and he reveals that only Randall can see him, not even Jeannie. One person can see him, and he chose Randall. Uh-huh, and that'll be you. <laughs> Just saying. Right. I'm gonna make sure I wear blinders <laughs> from now on, just in case. It, it, it is a great high concept for a show, though, isn't it? Really? Yeah. 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 Detective show mm-hmm. where one's a ghost. I mean, that's all you need to it, say, it right? It must have been done before this, in in a in a movie or something in the past before, maybe a comedy. Before the sixties, if we were professional, we'd have looked into that. I know. Well, we'll ask people to do it for us. Somebody might do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Good. And uh, he 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 reveals that there's a there's a little rhyme, isn't there, about why he has to return to the grave. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something like nothing for two in a bed. No, that's 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 not that one. That's that's bullseye, right? That's bullseye. Yeah. yeah. Um, is it? Is it? What? What did points make? 
Cries is, but that's not it either. Oh, okay. And it's not Rock on Tommy either. It's not? Should no. be. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, a Afore the sun arise anew, each ghost unto his grave must go. Uh, as rhymes go, it's not the best, <laughs> is it? <laughs> well, you know, they, they are ghosts. I suppose. It's not the strong suit. I mean, there must be poets, though, that are ghosts. So you would have asked one of them. Can you, can you check this, see if this, this scans? Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, shite, mate. <laughs> yeah, Shakespeare, your voice is what funny. What's wrong with you? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you know... Uh, it, it, it's a it's a thing it's a thing yeah Randall wakes up in bed and wonders if it was a dream he visits Sorensen and questions him and tells him that Marty was murdered and Sorensen gets all uppity yeah his manner doesn't say uh, grieving innocent widow vibe does it no no it, it says murderer he does pretty much yes he might as well wear a t-shirt at this point can you imagine if he did and would that throw people off the scent He's like, well, he can't be the murderer if he's wearing a T-shirt saying, I did it. He's got the T-shirt, he's got like a kiss me quick hat, but it says just says murderer. Kiss me murderer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> would that work? Would people go, wait, he'd, be, he'd obviously be insane to do that. He would. I mean, it would uh, it, it'd probably get him off the murder charge, but also, would it? Oh. But also get him locked up for being a loon as well. Yeah. Can you say loon now? Maybe. You probably can't, can you? No. no. Oh, well, I've said it. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Randall Randall visits Happy Lee, the driver who, who people thought well the police thought that she hit Marty, but it turns out she didn't. Mm-hmm. But somebody has seen her car at the same time. And she says she spoke to the beatnik, but the police think she invented him. Uh the police call and want to go down to the station. Randall goes with her and they show her a picture of the beatnik. And but they've got him there as well. And he comes in and says he's never seen her before, but she insists that it's him. Ronald Lacey couldn't give off a more creepy vibe if he tried in this scene, could he? I mean, yet the police seem to believe him over the respectable young woman. Yeah, I mean, the, the police are quite inept in this episode. They don't really seem to do any research. Not really, no. Like, how come they don't, aren't suspicious that this guy suddenly got money? Yeah. you got to say, though, that, that um, these kind of roles ended up being Ronald Lacey's bread and butter, didn't they? That's because he's good enough. He is. So Randall then goes and visits Jeannie and she gives him Marty's slipper and he sits in Marty's chair. But oh, oh, Marty appears. Yeah, so this is where I'm saying it was there, there wasn't really any reason why he had to make him go to the grave other than maybe, like you say, he couldn't do it the first time. It's the, it's the trigger. Yeah. Once, he, once he's been triggered... You can he can follow him around go. wherever he, he goes. Then. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Randall makes his excuses and leaves, but Marty's jealous... Um, but they have a conversation and it's revealed that the beatnik is now flush with money. They realise that obviously he saw the driver of the car mm-hmm. and squeezed him for the cash. But they have the address of where the beatnik is staying. They do, and they drive there in the car. Yeah. So, so how does that work? He's a ghost. So he's intangible, but yet he can sit in a moving car. Wouldn't he get in the well, car sta- and then the car would drive away and he's still standing there? I mean, he stand on the ground. That's what I'm saying. So you, you know, you'd sink into it'd the... fall through the ground, yeah. wouldn't he? Yeah. So he must have some permanence. But maybe he has to tense. You know. Well, I think it's the it's the opposite actually. It, it's when he doesn't think about it that it it works, right? Yeah, we see that later, don't we? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They go to the hotel. 
Yep, and Randall convinces Mercy to float through a wall, mm-hmm. and it takes him a few tries to get it, and then he realizes he can move from place to place instantaneously, and he pops in and out of the different rooms until he finds the beatnik. It's a good effect. I mean, it's basic how they've done it, but it looks good. Yeah, I mean, it's a bit, yeah. It's a bit, obviously, stop and get off set and then carry on filming. Yeah, but, I mean, I think it's um, um, Pratt that sells it, though, because he's very good at standing still while while the other guy moves away from the camera because it doesn't look like he's... You can't see the cut. No, no. Yeah, it's pretty good. Did you notice um, when um, they get to the hotel and um, Randall's talking to the guy at the desk and he says that it's Mm -hmm. £2 a night to stay at the hotel? Right, yeah. That's like when our dad used to talk about how he could go out with a fiver, have 15 pints, go and see a film and still have change for a fish supper when they were going home. Do you remember those days? Well, yeah, except my dad wasn't that Narvan, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's all subjective, Colin, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's inflation for your part. It is, it is. Anyway, what would your dad do with his fiver then? I'm sure your dad ate fish and chips, didn't they? Yeah, we would use the phrase fish supper. In all fairness, I don't think my dad would use the phrase fish supper, either. And in fairness, neither would you. No. Chippy. Yeah, this is this is this is this is you you pretending to be Narvan again. <laughs> More Narvan than you really are. Just just an attempt to appease the Narvan <laughs> listeners. Have we got any? We probably do. You get you you're gonna throw in an A up in any second. Now. You never know; it might happen. Well, that sounded northern, yeah. didn't it? There you go. It did. You see, you're There's doing a free it. one there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Randall breaks in. And the beatnik hears him and sees the door opening and gets ready to clobber mm-hmm. whoever's coming in with a bottle. But Mertie pops back into the room and sees this and tells Randall what's going on. So Randall kicks open the door and fights the beatnik until subduing him. Meanwhile, the hotel manager has heard the noise and comes to the room demanding to know what's going on. Randall asks Mertie to get rid of him. It's a good little trick that he pulls where he hides behind the door and tells him that he's, he's standing there. I can imagine that's something that they'll use quite a few times in the show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And Murty discovers he can make lights flicker and a strong wind appear, which blows everybody around. <laughs> yeah, we're getting to those very vague ghost rules again that, that the show seems to have. Yeah. D- yeah. I'm wondering whether one Not of sure. the things that they probably do is invent new ones whenever they need them. I'll let you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Knight Rider. Yeah, or Bond when he you know, happens to take the right gadget with him at the start of every every movie, you know. Yeah, well, those in Bond, you know, they write those backwards. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Randall gets the true story from the beatnik and addresses the driver who killed Marty, but when they get there, they smell gas. Marty pops into the room and finds the gas fire on and a man laying in front of it. Again, he blows open the windows. He does. Inside, Marty recognizes the man as being the same one who was the electrician outside Sorison's place, and there's a suicide note. Yeah, and he does a weird thing of checking the body over by waving his hand over its face. I was checking to see if um, if it waves back. That's how you check with, with if people are dead or not, because you, if someone waves at you, your instant reaction, even if you don't know, <laughs> is to wave back. It was a bit so strange. So if you're pretending to be dead, you go, oh, and then you go, 
Hi. Oh, shit. I'm supposed to be pretending I'm dead. Oh, because you, you can't resist the urge to wave back. Is what yeah, saying. exactly. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Okay. That's what it is. It's, a, it's a, the ultimate test. I'll, I'll you do You can hold that. your breath. Next time I come across a dead body, I'll... Well, why are you coming over dead bodies? <laughs> <laughs> should we? Be, should you be telling us this? The, um, let's just let's just leave it there. Right? <laughs> All right. I'm gonna say there's a lot of smoking in this episode. I know it's the '60s, but there was a rather a lot of smoking in this episode. Not that I'm offended by it. I'm just saying there was a lot of smoking in this episode. Sometimes you notice that because you watch, we watch so many shows now where no one's smoking. But when you watch something from the 60s, so everyone's lighting up or drinking. Yeah. So they come up with a plan to scare Sorensen. So he'll arrange another murder, Randall's. But it has to be done at night because Marty can't work during the day. Is, is that your excuse? <laughs> Sorry, I can't come in today. I'm dead. I've never used yeah. that one, Colin, funnily enough. You should. It's kind of an excuse you could only use once. It is. I'm saving it. I'm saving it. Unless you're, you're Jesus. <laughs> well, I am holy. Are you? You know I am. Yeah. yeah? What do you mean you're holy? I'm holy. Yeah, I'm pure. Full of holes? No, I'm pure. You're pure, yeah. Pure <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> if I was any more pure, I'd have stigmata. There you go. It's a type of cheese, isn't it? That is, yes. Okay. I thought you was going to tell me at some point in this episode that you are actually a ghost and that you've been dead for years. There's time. You never yeah. know. And I was just going to say, yeah, dead inside. <laughs> ever, ever since you uh, try to uh, make Ainsley Harriet try your cock or van, but he doesn't like Ford Transit. Are you here all week? <laughs> Unfortunately. Summer season, then the pier. He's a bit blue, but he's all right. You can bring your kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. You know, the, the sharks, sharks like grapefruit because it, it makes the semen taste delicious. Oh, he's, he's a bit too blue. Get Johnny out. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. Well, all, right. Well, wait. all right. Yeah, it was. Let's get back to what we're talking about. So, so the doctor calls to arrange another little accident and they charge him 25,000 £25, pounds in one pound notes is what they want. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be a heavy bag. It's a lot it? of one pound. Yeah. Why'd you, I think so. Why'd you do it oh. now? It'd be coins, it? wouldn't it? <laughs> one pound coins. Oh, yeah, it would be. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Also, imagine going to the bank and explaining that. Yeah. <laughs> I want to withdraw £25,000 in uh, one pound notes, please. Yeah, there's nothing like drawing attention to yourself, is there? No. Mm. All right. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. Yeah, they had those counting machines yeah, come in on. the 60s. I guess yeah. they did. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Mm. Come on. Uh, but Randall visits them. Mm-hmm. Wait, I think you've skipped a bit because you've not done the bit where Randall goes and, and says he wants he wants £25,000. That's it. Yes, I got that the wrong way around. But just go with it. Yeah. All right, yeah, Randall goes and says he wants £25,000 because he knows what Sorison's up to. He's pretending to blackmail Sorison. That's right. So that Sorison will then contact the organisation to put a hit out on Randall. That's the one, yes. Did you watch this episode? I did, but, but sometimes I don't put the... Much like lots of the things that we watch, Colin, I don't put the connective mm. tissue between my notes properly sometimes. 
That's the thing about ghosts, no connective tissue. That's very true. That's very true. Yeah, that's your problem. I know. Yeah. One of them. So then Sorison makes a call to the organization to arrange it up a murder. And Marty's in the room watching, so mm -hmm. he knows all this. Marty realizes that it's daylight soon and he has to go. But if he leaves, then Randall is dead. And Marty agrees for Jeannie's sake because she needs Randall to look after her. I guess so. Yeah. All right. So they follow Sarsen. Why are the streets so empty? There's not a single person on these what, streets. When did they... I mean, it's obviously, it is London. They must have filmed it like, what, Crack of Dawn on a Sunday or something? It, it does look... It does have that Crack of Dawn look about it, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they see Sorensen get into a car and, and he's talking to nobody and they realise he's using a radio and Marty pops into the car to listen to what's being said. But they spot Randall. And then a chase breaks out between the, the killers and Sorison and they're a car and they're going to run, run him over. A lot of car killing in this episode. There is. We get that, we get that great mm -hmm. line, um, they've got shooters. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Marty blows a sheet of paper over the window of the car and they crash into a lamppost. Yeah, they foil the killers with an old newspaper. Nice. Can't get any more British than that, can you? No, no. And then the police arrive from nowhere. In this empty street. Yes. Yeah. They just turn <laughs> up. And they don't arrest. Like, they seem to know what's going on for some reason. They only arrest the bad guys. They don't... Wouldn't they arrest everybody at this point? You'd think so, wouldn't you? But we'll sort it out at the station. Yeah, that's, that, that was really but, but, arrogant. But my friend who's dead is a ghost. He's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll sort it out <laughs> at the station. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> the rest, rest of the series takes place in, a, in a, an asylum. Oh, it could be interesting. Yeah, just rocking back and forth. Yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, not many crimes going to be solved. Maybe he gets let out to solve crimes, and and his and his partner like is is also his curer who has to take him back at the time. Hold on, I'm writing a whole series here. <laughs> Cut this out. This is good. <laughs> and and oh, he uses the room of his cell to write out what the explanations of the killer. There you go. Like he works it all out. So so his his cell room is just covered in diagrams and stuff. Yeah. All right, you're cutting all this out because I'm writing this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so later, Jeannie and Randall visit Murty's grave. Now, Murty appears, and it turns out that because he stayed out of the grave during the daylight, he's now not allowed back in for another 100 years. So he'll have to help Hopkirk. Stay out in daylight, life turns to shite. It's true. I think that's, I think that's the point. Is that the end of it? Is that how it goes? Yeah, 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 that's right. it. Yeah. I, I think this is where they should have, they, what they should have done when instead of doing that terrible reboot with um, Rick and Bob, they mm -hmm. should have made it a continuation. You just recast, you just recast Hopkirk. You get, you get mm -hmm. an actor, similar looking ha actor to play Hopkirk, and you set it at the time when it would have been within the 90s, was it? That show was? Uh, the, the remake was 2000. Okay. You set it at the same time that, and and it, he's meant to be um, Hopkirk from the sixties, and he's just now. Um, you you start with with maybe Randall's got a, I don't know, a grandson or something. He doesn't know anything about this ghost, and the ghost starts to talk to him instead. And he can maybe he can talk to him because okay. he's a blood relative, and that's why he mm -hmm. can. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's plenty of ways around that. Yeah, because he's going to be around yeah. for hundred years. So what's he going to do when, when, yeah. when um, Randall dies? Just potter around. 
Yeah, I guess mm -hmm. so. I mean, Genie's going to die at some point, exactly. too. Exactly. And then you've got the whole thing that, you know, everybody that he knows is gone. This is sounding a very miserable show, Paul. Oh, I'm sure you could put a spin on it's it. It's very depressing. Yeah. You get, you get Edgar Wright to direct it. All right, know? yeah. You could do that. Okay. So that's it. That's the end of the episode. That is the end of the episode. So, Paul, what did you think of Randall and Hopkirk Deceased? I think it's a great setup for a series, as we said earlier. Um, mm -hmm. It's got mm -hmm. a lot of potential for hopefully different kinds of stories that you could tell. Yeah. I'm not 100% certain that they do that, <laughs> that they do tell different it, kinds it of does, stories. It does have a feeling it could get formulaic so. pretty quickly. I thought that the two leads work really well together. They were good. I like mm -hmm. that the ghost rules are defined just enough to not hinder the story. You know, right. so it's not, it, it doesn't dwell too much on it. It's like, oh, I'll just go with it. We're gonna, it's got to be vague, you know. Yeah. Um, I always enjoy 60s vibes in, in these shows. And yeah. we haven't talked about the music. I thought the music was fantastic. It's got kind of a yeah, hip press file kind of feel to it, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, the music yeah. is good. Is it fantastic? Just from this one episode, I'd probably say no. But it definitely has potential to be fantastic later on if it was done well. So right. just from this episode, I'm going to say tentative yes that it's a hit Ooh. but i might be proved wrong later i did i didn't know we could do tentative hits i'm sure we've had one or two in the past before colin i'm gonna have to go back and re re merkel <laughs> we have to do every podcast again i didn't hate it right i didn't love it but it intrigued me enough that i want to see where it goes so okay. for me, that, that probably constitutes a hit, I would say. Because if it wasn't a hit, I wouldn't want to watch any more. That's fair enough, yeah. So w what did you think? Bear in mind, you own it. Yeah, well, I, I, going off your new, your new <laughs> standard for what's a hit that you've just made up on the fly. 120 um, episodes in. I'm, yeah, I'm allowed think, to change it slightly, aren't I? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I think it's a hit too. Um I, I do feel that this is my least favorite ITC show. Okay. I think. But that that's a question, What you know, to do a top 10 ITC shows. Well, we'll probably um, cover some of, more of them as we go along, won't we? Yeah. I prefer Department S mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. this. But, yeah, I enjoy it. I like the setting. And, and like you said, the main actors are what sells the show yeah. mm. because they work so well together. And I do think it, they could have an opportunity to do some very interesting storylines, whether they will or not. I'll have to find out. But yes, for me, it's a hit. I think I'll be joining you. Well, not not literally, but I think I might actually watch some more as well, just to see. Well, watch some yeah. more. Yeah. So you should. I will. Good. Fine. <laughs> it's a strange ending. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap it up. All right. Thank you for listening and cheers to our Patreon supporters for keeping Paul swimming in beer. Join us next time for another episode of Retrospection. I do like that beer. Do. You do. Bye. Bye.